how the porch is not just a transition from the outside going into the house, but it also became an extension of the house going out to the street. And that's where community is built. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today we're diving into a unique item of real estate and unique aspect of real estate, the front porch. We're doing so because we're in a very unique situation with uh, the COVID currently. And more than ever, the design and the layout of real estate is important as ever. So when people are stuck inside on a day in, day out basis, whether it's their apartment, their house, they're realizing the design and and how it functions is more important than it ever has. So that's why I'm excited to bring on Sandra Thompson. And she is the owner of Zaga Design Group in Denver, Colorado. 25 years of multifaceted experience of all types of real estate uh, design and architectural. And that includes residential, multifamily, commercial, she has the facilities management background. She has done it all and she's done it very well. So, and specifically going back to it, the front porch is something she is very passionate about. So, uh, Sandra, welcome to have, uh, have you on. Well, thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. Yes. So, we normally ask, take us back to your first real estate transaction or when, when did you know you were going to be a real estate architect and why? Well, that's kind of a different question for me. Um, I've been an architect for since 93, so a few years, and um, it's been part of who I am. I think that the question for me was how involved did I end up becoming, whether it was um, staying on the commercial side or getting more into the residential side. And I have to say that the residential side has been um, definitely as rewarding, if not more rewarding than some of the commercial work. And it has different nuances for sure. And uh, so we continue to do the residential work in our community um, as much as we possibly can. And we love doing it. Right. And that can lead us to the front porch that's residential. So dive in a little bit about, uh, I think you've kind of termed it the blessing of the front porch. So take us through kind of your concept there. Um, yeah, you know, I, we've, we've often added front porches to projects. In fact, even remodel projects, if we, you know, you'll find in Denver, we will do a second story addition to an existing brick home. And, and a lot of times to connect those two, those two spaces from the exterior, we'll throw a porch around it, a wraparound porch or some kind of porch element. And it became more of a design layering from the street to the front door. Um, so, but what I found interesting taking a walk during our um, recent shelter in place um, guidelines, and I was out for a walk, I realized I'm very fortunate to live in an older Denver community that has a lot of front porches. And for the first time in a very long time, I got to experience how the porch is not just a transition from the outside going into the house, 
but it also became an extension of the house going out to the street. And that's where community is built. So if you walk down the street in my neighborhood, you'll get to meet and talk to different neighbors because they are either out on the front porch relaxing. Some are actually, my neighbor across the street has their office set up out there. That's where they're spending their time. Um, You'll see a lot of flowers. You'll see a lot of, it just becomes an extension from the inside to the out, not just curb appeal, but it's a usable space. And um, and like I said in uh, my recent blog, I was talking more about that it becomes a blessing because it's part of not just an extension of the house, but an extension of the community and how we connect with people. And that's how it used to be before we spent all our days elsewhere. You, you got the daily news from your front porch, right? As people walk down the street. So it, it really gives us a sense of connection. I'm a huge believer in the front porch. As a farm kid, my ultimate goal from a little boy was to own that farmhouse with that half wrapper, full wrap around, at least, you know, over two sides of the house. You had the front and the side wrap around farm porch. That was literally my goal as a kid was to sit out in the rocking chair and be an old man and sitting on my farm. Um, so I've had a, a passion for that. So when I, I saw that blog pop up, how you're talking about it, 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 it hit home and it's hit home because of the current situation with your stay at home. And then you talked about the overall design. And, and uh, I feel that if you're a real estate investor, a developer, owner, a broker, that thinking through things like the front porch and what will become more important in a year from now, after we come out of this cycle, than where it might have been currently or in the past. And I, I believe, and I'd love to hear your insight, if you feel that there's going to be different aspects of say a, a multifamily apartment building that is more important to a tenant in a year than it was a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I think we've already seen the importance of in the multifamily environment. I think we definitely see the need for um, balcony outdoor space. Um, in, in the recent years past, we've started to make those smaller and smaller because people don't spend a lot of time in that indoor outdoor space. And we began to focus more on the community amenities and put the money into those places. Um, I was just talking to my team just a little bit ago about how the redesign of those common um, amenity pieces are going to shift in the next couple of years. And that even once we are out of these guidelines of of being safer at home or shelter in place or whatever it is, I think we're going to see that people are still going to be cautious, but still, and especially here in Colorado, we love our outdoor space. And so the number one thing that we're hearing right now is how can I open up my indoor outdoor space, whether it's to the front street or to the backyard. And I think understanding those zones as usable extensions of our home become more important, even post COVID, right? Like being able to have much more livable space where your family can get away from each other or get together, right? In groups smaller than 10, of course, but, um, but it's just, it's, it's being able to have that flexibility. And I think even in the multifamily environment, you're going to see the need for people wanting to have some unique, um, character and and where is to me the front porch has always been that's the front door that tells me it's entry 
And, and one of the things I love about the story about the front porch is that it is uniquely an American design and that, um, that we were the ones that came up with needing that front porch. And some of that came from the farmhouse era, right? Where you had to have a transition from the farm to the house. And that became that transition space of keeping, and back in those days, the, um, the outhouse and all of the farm dust and everything else. And so that became that transition. But over time, it became this space where families collected. They began sleeping porches, I think, maybe coming back again. We're seeing we've had a client specifically ask for an addition of a sleeping porch. Um, but I think depending on the climate that you're in, whether it's screened in or not, but I, but having that extended space and being part of something that's bigger than yourself, that's the beauty. That's the blessing of the front porch to me. That's, uh, something I, like I said, I, I believe in. So I want you to talk more about how that a real estate investor or someone might be able to get excited about it as, as you and I are and how they might be able to actually get creative. And ultimately people want to make money in real estate. So yes, it's, it can give back to the community and people do want to do that, but ultimately a real estate investor or broker wants to make money. So how might this get creative where they have an opportunity to, to stand out? In, well, in I think one of the things to keep in mind is that building a porch is a lot less expensive than building livable space. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get um, that usable square footage number. I, I don't know. It seems like here we're seeing kind of a range anyway in our uh, cost per square foot, but to build an outdoor space is by far less expensive, but to design it in such a way that it incorporates um, the best of the outside space. So it's still usable. I think that's, that's probably the biggest um, piece of advice is make sure that it is usable for more than just a portico to tell you where the front door is. Um, I think, um, you know, on the multifamily, you know, the, the porch gives you that opportunity for addressing for individuality. It, it, it starts to, to make it feel less like a big building. It breaks it down into different space. So, um, there are actually websites that have prefab porches that you can put awnings on, things like that. And I think we, we go back and I get a little nostalgic about Sears, right? Because Sears used to come in, they would not only do porches, but they would do, of course, they did the siding that we've removed off a lot of homes. But, um, but they also did porches and some of the detailing on that, depending on the style of the home or the property, that adds a different value of, of um, and it really just dresses up the connection to the outdoors. Yeah, my third house I bought, 3866 Zenobia here in in, uh, in Denver, uh, one of the older neighbors told me about uh, this, that was a Sears Roebuck home. And they told us about sitting on their front porch and over the two day period watching a semi truck roll up and essentially install a house that they bought out of a catalog, which is kind of crazy to think. So, yeah. And I think, you know, again, we were just talking about ideas, um, you know, as problem solvers and architects coming up with ideas as we move forward. And, and especially in the, in the, sh in the short term, we need to be thinking about ways to um, help construction be less, um, uh, intrusive on each other. And so some of the prefab ideas, I think I mean, that's a really strong 
Um, I mean, there's a lot of strong reasons for trying to follow through with some of the prefab ideas. And so we've looked into some of, even as architects, let's look at some prefab. How can we pull this whole piece together so that we can not only save, and and I think with those options, you're going to save time and time is money in real estate and building construction, all of those things. You're going to save waste too, by being able to do things like that. So um, I think you'll see a trend where we go back to being able to have sort of this hybrid of instead of the high intensity hands-on type construction, I think doing more of the prefab put together well, I think will be, um, I think that's a viable option for all of us and, and cost savings too. Cause once you get the property up and ready to go, if you can do it quickly, then it just makes, it makes more sense to me. And especially with a good design to start with. I think you're, I think it's a home run. What might be some other unique ways that you see the design of real estate or the construction uh, in a year from now might be affected by the, the COVID or stay at home kind of era that people might want to look out for or watch um, for? You know, I think one of the things that we find, especially as it gets nicer here and we're still safer in place, um, is the privacy between neighbors and being able to have um, some outdoor space, again, that has has those privacy panels, some kind of pergola, some protection, but again, utilizing that outdoor space. Um, we've talked about... I, I, being able to transition, a lot of the older homes um, have a back door that isn't... Um, it doesn't create as great of a link to the outdoor. So we're seeing, like I said, a lot of people saying, hey, can we open up this window on this wall so I can put in a door to open to the outside? Any, anything that we can do that kind of gives um, just flexibility within a, within a property. I think that, um, and, then, and then let the individuals decide how they're going to customize it that way, I think is kind of, um, that. that's one way. I think in the very short term, we're going to see now, and we do work in, like like you said, we do work in the mixed use. We do tenant finish. So obviously some of our restaurant clients will be doing some social distancing studies, things like that. But um, in the in the multifamily, again, those amenities, I think that's, a, that's an area where you want to have that swimming pool, but how do you manage that? So I think it's about... It's about rethinking the process of how somebody would go through a new property, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's um, a a townhome, whether it's your new residence that you're looking at. I mean, I think it seems to me like most of our clients, if they can envision, envision envision themselves sitting in that home or sitting on that porch or spending time in that backyard or being with those amenities or standing at the bar or in some of our airport work, being in the transition space or the retail space, um, <clears throat> that's, you're going to have a better customer reaction when that happens. And <clears throat> as an owner, that hopefully is a direct link to higher profitability as well. So yeah. it's, it's a definite win-win you give them yeah. what they want and hopefully you get what you want and your investors a solid return. So mm-hmm. uh, I think, well, I think that empathetic design <clears throat> and, and, and consideration, if you can put yourself in your client's shoes, you're going to be much more successful. Yeah. And I, the, the last few years, <clears throat> it's not been that it's build it and they will come. Correct. Just 
because they have to come. There's no other option. It's the market is hot and people have to buy or rent. Uh, tenants have to move into office space. That restaurant is only one corner option left. So we have to we'll go ahead and have to take it. And I and I think that that's going to evolve a little bit where they're going to have maybe some more options. And if you don't have the best designed product and well thought out product, whether it's for sale or for rent, uh, you're going to you're going to maybe struggle a little bit. Yeah, so. I think the other thing to think about, which I have thought a lot about during this time of sheltering in place is um, imagining, so so we'll design multi-level townhomes that right now what you'll see in Denver is um, multiple roommates. And um, I'm thankful I don't have roommates other than my children. And I'm even thankful for them right now. But I, you know, like who do you want to be quarantined with? And is it a place where multiple people could be quarantined together apart, you know, and that's, um, I, I really hope that we don't get to this situation again, but it's a possibility. And I think that if it's not COVID, but being more aware of other um, potential ways to be able to utilize our home because we have to, um, I mean, we, we live in Colorado, so we've lived through some blizzards. We've been, it's only been a weekend or two that we've, you know, had to stay in home, but being able to, to survive in the house that you really find as your shelter or your oasis, your Zen place. I mean, I think that's really important. As important as it ever has been at this mm-hmm. current moment. So yeah. let's go ahead and take a quick break okay. and then we'll come back and we will jump into the final five. Hey guys, please check out Merrill Callister's law firm, Callister and Associates. CallisterLaw.com. They're one of the only full-service syndication law firms in the country for a flat rate fee. They will represent you from letter of intent all the way through to the closing of the transaction. This includes PSA negotiation, title review and objections, creating the PPM, investor questionnaires, subscription agreements, filing with the SEC, and any applicable blue sky filings out of state along with lender due diligence and assistance with closing the transaction. Callister and Associates also represents sellers of multifamily assets, as well as owners that are refinancing. They have represented over $3 billion in syndication transactions and are currently handling 20 to 30 syndications in any given month. Callister and Associates is your one-stop shop for all things real estate. For more information, and a free consultation, please go to calliserlaw.com. That is K-A-L-I-S-E-R law.com. And I've also put that in the show notes for you. We are back, the Creative Real Estate Podcast with Sandra, and we are going to dive right into the final five with what's your most creative real estate deal or design deal that you've done? Hmm. Um, the, the one that comes to mind... Um, is, and usually when we do these uh, renovations, we run into surprises during the demolition phase. So you can have all the best intentions in the world, but when you get into a project and you assume that the foundation was a standard foundation and it's not, that's usually one of the things that comes up. We feed, interestingly enough, we were just talking about the, the, the front porch. We have a lot of closed in porches here in Denver, space that was converted into actual living space enclosed and we had one project where um 
the the space did not appear to be a porch, but it was, and so we didn't have the foundation. We're in a really tight urban site and had to come up with a creative way. Um, the first the first choice this structural engineer came up with is we're going to have to basically underpin and do a new foundation under an existing building, and it was going to add fifty thousand dollars to the project, right? Which at that time, I think the overall budget was 200. So that was not going to be one of the options. So what we ended up doing was we came up with a system um, where we used steel beams and um, piers, and we basically built a frame around the existing house on these piers and then built the addition on top of that platform. And, um, and of course, these clients wanted a little bit more contemporary look, so it worked well. And they wanted to see the, the steel beams exposed. Um, and so I think it, it may not have been the most, uh, I think it was definitely creative thought, problem solving skills. Um, that's definitely one of the projects that I'm most proud of just because that they, ended, they ended up having to pay more for their addition but it was only like an $8,500 ad as opposed to a $50,000 ad. And I think being able to be, um, to ask the question and, and dive into what, what are some possible solutions, whether it may be something that's atypical. I think that's, that's where our creative mindset really pays off. I like it. Where do you see the real estate market in five years and where do you see yourself in five years? Um, well, residential real estate, I think we still have a little bit of a housing shortage here. So we're going to see more, um, more residential, um, either conversions, additions, uh, we're definitely, I don't see, there's been some talk on whether or not people will move out of the urban environment. I don't know that I see that. I think we tend to flock towards, um, being in a community. Um, so I definitely see, strong community-based um, real estate being timeless and will continue to be. Um, that said, I probably still will be doing what I'm doing, although it would be nice to have a place on an island somewhere in five years. Um, I doubt that's going to happen, uh, but I will be spending time at a cabin up in the mountains So, for the next five years. That's Colorado's uh, version of, of an island and a beach, so that's a, that's a good choice. Yes, What's a book that you like yourself or one you recommend to others? Um, well, I just finished reading Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game. And I highly recommend that to anyone who is a small business owner, really just a business owner in general, anyone that might be a leader in their, in their environment. Um, it talks a lot about the infinite game and how we're in it for the long haul and not just the short-term games and how um, for us to be able to make decisions that are long-standing, um, even in the ups and downs. And I think it's kind of interesting because we've had a few ups and downs, a few bumps and bruises just recently that we're not sure exactly what our future is going to be, but to be able to be looking at the long-term play and, um, and again, empathy plays into that too, being able to put yourself in those um, positions with a look to everyone else. It, it makes us stronger leaders. Excellent. And what uh, is a way that you enjoy giving back and adding value to the real estate community? Um, 
Well, we add value a lot to real estate agents in our in our area by looking at properties with them before the purchase is made to see what the possibilities are. I think that's that's definitely a value add that we provide. Um, and if you can if you can do that, if you have somebody that you can um, contact, I highly recommend getting a second set of designer eyes on a project um, before you move forward. Um, and especially someone that has an eye for the the value, the cost of real estate and improvement, because that's one of those, um, you know, if, if it's just about design or if it's just about making money, you're not going to serve your clients in the very best way. So you, you need to have somebody that has an eye for the value and what's going on in that community, as well as the ability to envision something more than what it is. Great. We're going to uh, throw in the show notes the link to your uh, blog on the blessing of the front porch. But Great. other than that, what's the best way if they just want to reach out to you direct? What's the best way that they can do so? Um, you can get to the website. Once you get to the blog post, you will have access to the website. That will get directly to us. Um, but you can certainly email me directly at my email address, which I think Jason can link that in as well. And um, we're spending a lot of time at our desks these days, so we're a little bit more um, uh, able to get to those phone calls and emails. And we love to set up an initial consultation appointment with our, and we've been doing a lot more on the Zooms and the virtual, um, but we, we do like to see our clients. We do like to add that value to them. And um, yeah, so reach out to us. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure diving into the front porch and I'm excited for the next few years to see if this uh, repurposing of the front porch actually takes hold as much as I think you and I want it to. And then also the kind of the redesign of, of real estate to incorporate items like that. So I'm very excited. I'm very thankful uh, for your friendship and uh, for you to come on the podcast today. I'm glad to be here, Jason. Thank you. Well, excellent. Well, everyone, and until next time, think outside the box. If you got value out of today's episode, please make sure to leave us a review and let us know how you feel. Um, Jason and I are very, very grateful to have you as a loyal listener and to have you keep coming back and back and back. I want to remind you that Callister and Associates, they can help you literally from the very beginning to the very end of all of your apartment investing transactions. So great resource for you, callisterlaw.com. And if you do want to check out my brand new YouTube channel, it's apartmentinvestingshow.com. I hope to see you there.